Church family, um, I was, of course, prepared to um, finish up our uh, several-part series on the Holy Spirit uh, to continue uh, our message on praying in the Holy Spirit. But if if you would allow, and of course, if the Lord tarries, I want to save that for next week. I just I felt the strum of the Holy Spirit in my heart, kind of like a tuning fork. Uh, when Leanne said, it's a small thing for the Lord. Anybody else feel that when she said it? It's a small thing for the Lord. And Pastor Charles talked about how great and mighty our God is. And so uh, I, I would like to just take a few moments, if you will, extemporaneously and try to encourage you in the Lord and reiterate some of that uh, thought, uh, rehearse some of those promises and leave you with a sense of such God confidence. Because Stephen, if God be for us, who, what can ever be against us? Would you pray for me as I pray for myself this morning? Lord, I just make myself available to you. You know the deal. I'm um, unprepared as far as a sermon goes or a message goes. But... I've walked with you a long time. I've seen your hand and I've seen your glory. I've seen you wax valiant in battle. I've seen you turn back the enemy hordes at my front door. I've seen you take our empty home and fill it with the laughter of children. I've seen you restore my soul. I've seen you, Lord. And it, you didn't need momentum. You didn't need no help. You got all by yourself. And I bless your great name. Allow me to encourage the saints with your word, talking about your character, and that hope would spring alive in their heart. Spring always comes. I don't care what winter looks like. I don't care, Lord, how cold it's been. I don't care how wet it's been. I don't care how dark it's been. I don't care if there's no greenery to be seen, no flowers to be made visible. Spring always comes. Why? Because you set it in order. And everything's upheld by the word of your power. Anoint me for the next few moments, Lord, uh, to preach this word of encouragement. And don't let your people get short, get used to Short messages, Lord, so don't run me off. Amen. Amen. With what happened the last several weeks ago at Asbury, those of us that have lived a while understood that when the Spirit of God blows over a land, it also blows over demonic strongholds and spiritual wickedness. And the same way people feel it, so do they. And trouble is stirred up. Your pastor's opinion may not be yours. And I leave you room to have yours. Uh, but please allow me to have mine. I don't think before Christ's return that our nation will turn to God. I, now God's grace is sufficient that if everyone turned on the same day, he could redeem the whole nation, couldn't he? But I believe that if we are the terminal generation, I believe that 
revivals like that will be testimonies against the hard-hearted. It will be a testimony against the rebellious and, and those that fold uh, their arms. Be careful of the people that sit in judgment of those things. They'll say, you know, well, there's, there's not a lot of Bible teaching and there's not a lot of uh, salvation sermons and there's not a lot of repentance. Well, revival's not one thing. It's all of those things. There's the conviction of the Holy Spirit. There's the drawing people to Jesus. There's renewal and refreshing by the winds of the Spirit and the water of His Word and all of those things. But I believe in this last hour that we're, we're facing incredible uh, opposition, hindrances to everything and anything Godward. You are not, you're not alone, nor are you confused. It's like walking in waist-deep mud to try to follow the Lord. The devil sees to it. See, we're not wrestling with people. Actual demonic strongholds that are wrestling us, they can't take, they can't take away our salvation, so they wrestle for your influence. They try to wrestle away your opportunities, your years where you, you look up from the television remote and blink and 10 years have passed. And we're not increasing, we're not growing, we're not serving. And the devil's trying to wrestle that from us. But we need to have a God literacy, a God understanding, a God appreciation, and a God commissioning that is so strong that it carries us through all the difficult times. When Jesus told you to follow him, just like he did the disciples, James and John, Peter and Andrew, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, Simon the Canaanite, and Judas Iscariot. When he said, follow me, that implied that they either had the capacity to follow or he would give them the capacity to follow. Because God does not only not give false hope, he does not give, un, uh, he does not give unrealistic expectations or invitations. Follow me. Would you turn in your Bibles to Mark chapter 4? Is it possible to get that on the screen up here? I know most of it, but I'm also old, and I had Moses' ark going the other day, and, you know. Somebody said, I don't get it. Well, thank you very much. So is it the white or the yellow? The white is small. <laughs> Charles, can you do that little magnifying glass or the, the plus? All right. Kelly, well, you got a Bible for me? <laughs> Brother John, you ain't got no faith. If you had faith, you could pray with your eyes. God don't heal old. <laughs> Look it up in your scriptures. He healed all my diseases. He don't heal old. You just... What that's like micro good. You gonna read it for me? I will if you tell me where we are. I got it. I got it. Just like everything else, I got it. <laughs> no. <laughs> I owed you. Just put that mic. Hey, will you take this with you? Will you take that with you? <laughs> you? Oh, don't let that smile fool you. I'm gonna pay. I'm okay. 
be like my granddaddy sitting in there, his wife of 50 something years, going to. I'm just, before I start preaching, can I just talk to y'all a minute? If you did a, a attendance survey on nursing homes, for every 100 people in a nursing home, there's 92 women and 8 men. Do you know why men die first? We choose to. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> that, that, where my scripture at? Ho, ho. All right. Y'all ready for the word this morning? All right. Mark 4, 35. And Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out leaving the crowds behind, although other little boats followed. Just mark this down in your Bible. There's no record of the other boats making it. I don't know if they did or not, but the one Jesus was on made it. But soon a fierce storm wind came up and high waves were breaking into the boat and it began to fill with water. And Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. And the disciples woke him up shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? And when Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Silence, be still. And suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. And he asked them, Why are you so afraid? How is it that you have no faith? And then the disciples were terrified. Who is this man, they asked each other, that even the wind and the seas obey him? There are many examples of our Christian life from being a, a, a walk, a journey, a race, uh, a path to follow. But this passage has so much of what we go through. God invites us to follow him. He invites you to be salt. He invites you to be light. He invites you to be righteousness in an unfaithful generation. He wants you to stand out like a city set on a hill. So he said, let's go to the other side. And an incredible opposition comes. Don't be surprised if the world hates God that it opposes you. Don't be surprised if the world is so decayed that friendship with the world is the enemy of God. The world is the enemy of God. So if you are trying to follow God... And his revealed plans, he said, let us go to the other side. I want you to see this. Let's come over here. Let's come out of our sin. Let's come out of our old lifestyle. Let's come out of selfishness, spending our lives on ourselves instead of investing it in others. Let's go to the other side. When you start to follow God, all of hell's opposition comes against you. Fierce storms. But I want you to see in this passage, this is one of my favorite passages, by the way, over the years. I don't know how many times I've preached from it. But it's such an encouraging word following up on what we shared this morning about no matter what opposes us, that invitation of God is stronger. If God says we're going to the other side, then to the other side we're going to go. I'm as good as in heaven today. How do you know? Because my shepherd will lead me home. Right? Look in your Bible, Mark 4, 35. He said, let us go to the other side. You're always going to struggle more when it's a you trying to get to Jesus. Instead of a us trying to get to the other side. I don't have to drum him up. I don't have to go find him. He is nigh me. Even in my breath, I am in him and he is in me. 
You've heard me talk about the tea bag in hot water. Once you make tea, you can't take the tea out of the water and you can't take the water out of the tea. It's just tea. And we who have been born from above, we are bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh. Don't ever doubt God's nearness. Let us. I'm not trying to just work out my salvation in fear and trembling on my own. I've got the inward witness and the accompanying power of the Holy Spirit that makes sure that I'll have what I need to get to the other side. Let us do this thing. Let us travel through this tragedy. Let us go through lack. Let us go through misunderstanding and malignment and persecution. Let us experience the joys of the mountaintop and the, and the horrors of the valley. John, let's do this together. My flesh doesn't like what I'm about to tell you, but I'm grateful to the Lord that he didn't exempt me from affliction. It's good that we were afflicted. We have a well-rounded life, and I have learned, and I testify to you on this side of it, that the God of the mountains is also the God of the valleys. Let us. I'm not by myself. The one I call on. He said, John, if you call on me, I'll answer you, and I'll show you great and mighty things that you don't know. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous. It means he's watching, and his ears are open to their cry. When the righteous cry, the Lord hears them and delivers them out of all their trouble. You didn't hear me? All their troubles. And many are the afflictions of righteous people, but the Lord delivers us out of them all. Many of us don't believe the Lord is with us. And I can prove it. Because you spend a majority of your prayer time updating him on what's going on. Some of you, oh my goodness. Lord, you, need, you got time? You need to sit down. You ain't going to believe what happened Tuesday. <laughs> let us, let's, let us. That's probably one of my favorite phrases. Y'all heard me, I used this illustration six or seven months ago uh, with the seagulls. Uh, Mr. Siegel came to my house and he brought Elisha a, a plastic tool uh, table and where all the little plastic drills go and the plastic screwdrivers and stuff. And Elisha came out and I was doing work on the fence. He said, I don't help, Daddy. And he put his belt on with his plastic tools and I'm out there drilling and sweating like a stuck rhino and during summer, you know, and just working, just, just cutting, working. And I'm not real talented with all that, but he's out there. And he comes inside, he goes, Daddy and I fixed the fence. Well, most of my life, as I look back, I'm just a little kid with the plastic tool belt going from thing to thing. And my father has took care of us. And I'm, we're, taking a, we're taking credit for the things that God has done. But in the end, it was him that carried us. It was him that redeemed us. It was him. Can somebody say amen? It was him. John, how did you get from there to him? Let us. How'd you come out? Us. Us. With the emphasis on the one that has the real tool belt. All right. It said they, they took Jesus in the boat, and soon a fierce storm came up. High winds were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. When, when storms come out of nowhere, we doubt Jesus' control because, you know, if Jesus was in control, everything would work, right? 
in our mind, if life is out of control, then Jesus has no control. Don't doubt God's control just because he didn't tell you of the upcoming storm. <laughs> I, hear, I hear believers. It's so, well, you know, I'm sure I said some of this early on, but I've lived long enough now and not do it. And they go, when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask him. You ain't going to ask him nothing. You ain't going to ask him. The song says, we'll ask the reasons. He'll tell us why. You're going to be so happy to be there. You ain't going to ask him nothing. But having said that, playing devil's advocate, let us go to the other side. Wouldn't it have at least been good manners? We'll put it that way. Let's go to the other side. Now all hell's about to break loose. Nope. Just let's go to the other side. Why is there no forewarning? Why is there not a bracing for? Because this is not limited to this answer alone. But if you had the forewarning, then you would take credit for some of the preservation. He said, let's go to the other side. You know what he's saying to you this morning? Just because you didn't know that was coming didn't mean that I didn't know that was coming. And storms have no bearing on me being able to keep my word to you. Storms have no bearing. I ride on the storm. Don't doubt his control just because winds are raging and the waves are raging. And then they woke him up and said, don't you care? To me, that was one of the, the uh, cruelest things that was ever done to Jesus. Not strangers, but the disciples who knew him said, don't you care? They doubted his care. So they doubted his word let us. They doubted his control because a storm arose that he didn't tell them about. And then they doubted his care. Don't you care that we perish? Some of us need to go home, back up, and rewind and delete and say, Lord, with all I'm going through and as hard as it is, you didn't deserve that statement. Because if I know anything in my life, you care for me. And then tell him, and I know you know it, Lord, but this is unbearable. This is, you can pour your soul out to the Lord without accusing him for the crime. Don't ever doubt the Lord's care. You know, when, when I went through what I call the dark years, I looked back and I asked the Lord on the other side of it. I said, let me glean everything you want to show me. Let, let me glean everything about you and about myself. Storms, especially lengthy storms over years, have a way of introducing you to yourself and introducing you to God. What's in you is going to come out, the good and the bad. And I could see once I came out, I didn't see it in. But I see when the Lord took me out of, uh, of that space and put my feet upon a rock again, metaphorically speaking, that the, the devil was after how I felt God viewed me. I told the Lord one time in one of the darkest places, and I'm not saying this to be melodramatic. I'm just saying this for the person, whether you're a member or a visitor here, and you don't think anyone understands I was so down and broken 
I'd lost 50-something pounds. Couldn't sleep. And one night it was so bad, I just took all of my clothes off. All of my clothes off. And I laid naked on a hardwood floor. And I just moaned like a, a, a wounded animal. I just, I couldn't even, it was just guttural sounds. And in that same season, I told the Lord, I said, I know you love us all. But I always felt like you loved me more. And perfect love makes you feel like you're the only one loved. And that was what the devil was after. I always was the, the prodigal in the story. I was always the, the one that Jesus... See, Jesus left all 99 of y'all to get me. Personalizing it. I always felt that I was the apple of his eye. I always felt like I was the beloved. And if the devil can steal that from you, you have nothing but an aloof, distant religion. Instead of God loves me and I love him. I'm flawed, but his love is perfect. Amen. Don't doubt God's care for you. You can't judge God's care by this little knot hole you're looking through in the, in the wood. Telling me what you see in the little parade that's coming by. Oh, there's Spongebob. There's Spongebob right there. Charlie Brown. I'm, I'm serious. That's what's going on. That's all that's going on. And your little view is right here. And God's seeing the beginning of the parade from the end of the parade. And if you would go to the end of the parade and see yourself standing in the resplendent glory of God, fulfilling the scripture, I hath not seen, ear hath not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them that love him. And you're living in it. You doubt God cares for you. God don't close his books at the end of that day. I mention that day. I'm living in this day. You hear me? I'm a husband. I'm a daddy. I gained a little weight. I'm a happy man. <laughs> happy man. How much you gained? Well, I'm putting my belt on with a boomerang if that helps you. But I, I'm... The Lord's working with me. <laughs> when Jesus got up, he rebuked the wind and said, be still. Yeah, we doubt his power. I loved when Leanne hit on that and then Charles did. He said, peace be still. It's one thing to stop the wind. It's another to stop the lake. If you've ever spent any time on water and you're in the middle of a storm, when the storm stops, the water's choppy for a long time. If you truly saw God as he was, watch, and you saw him with you, and you saw him for you, and you saw him in control, and you saw him as all-powerful, then struggles would be limited to struggles. Instead of the thing that overwhelms you and intimidates you, like Goliath standing up mocking you and your God. It said he stilled the water. What, what does that look like? I hope there's a video store in heaven where you can just uh, do a blockbuster. And young people say, what's a blockbuster? 
you ain't lived if you don't know what Blockbuster is. You got to walk down all the new releases and all of them gone. Yeah. So I, I want to see that one where Jesus stepped out on the bow of the boat. And looking at the wind in the sea, the, 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 the water, I wonder. You know, everything that's recorded happened, but not everything that happened recorded. I don't know. I just wonder if he said something tongue-in-cheek like this when he looked up at the, the wind. We, can't, we can just tell you where it's coming from. We can't even explain it. And he says, hey, remember me? I'm the one that made all this. You know why the tide comes in and the tide goes out? Not only did I start it, it's sustained by the word of my power. And it's going to keep doing what it does till I tell it not to do it no more. Remember me? Stop. You too. And the seas. Yes, sir. Our problem is not our problem. Our problem is that we see our problems more clearly than we see God. That is our problem. He put a stop to the thing that scared him. And then the disciples were terrified. If our musician would come, tell me, please. I think if we'll let these afflictions have their perfect work, and if we'll let the opposition discipline us, the end result will not be that we're without fear. It's that we'll go from fearing life and the world and the enemy to fearing God and God alone. It said when they saw this, they feared exceedingly and said, what manner of man is this? Now, Jesus was all God and all man, but listen to your pastor. Some of you just see him as a, a big us instead of being God Almighty. God Almighty, the creator, the beginning and the end, the first and the last, the firstborn among the resurrected, the author and finish of your faith. There hath not failed one word of all his good promises. We've been there. Listen, you're in good company. You've heard me refer to this. It's been 15 years now. But Leanne, uh, who is our worship pastor for 10 years here, during that dark period, I asked her one time in my office, I can close my eyes and see it like it was yesterday. I said, Leanne, am I going to make it? She said, John, you're absolutely going to make it because God has you. And look at chapter 5 in your Bible, verse 1, and somebody tell me what it says. Come on. Oh, wait a minute. And they came to the other side. So Mark 4.35 says, let's go to the other side. And then all this life happened, all this hell happened, all this opposition, all this unexpected, all this overwhelming, all this wasted effort of trying at self-preservation, all this accusation against God, and then they came to the other side. you got to see yourself home. What are you talking about, John? Now, this, this may sound mystical to you, but it's the truth. 
The Bible said, whom he called, he justified. And whom he justified, he sets apart and he glorified them, past tense. He glorified me. Well, God created time for us. He sees the beginning from the end. What do you think John on the Isle of Patmos, that vision he saw of the book of, he penned the book of Revelation of all that's going to happen in the last seven years of humanity. He showed him a movie. He said, I saw it. Not he told me about it. I saw it before it happened. I'm taking you there if your faith will jump with me. The Bible says that in God's eyes and mind, I'm already glorified. In time, I'm not. In eternity, I am. Oh, what a relief and release it is to know that me making it through is not based on my will or my strength, but on God's faithfulness. Amen. If you need this word this morning, you said, all you need to say is this, it's just a very, very difficult time, Pastor John. And I, I just believe that if God said the other side, he knew what he was saying and he's going to take me there. With no hyper fanfare, I wanted to leave room to pray for you. I want you to just to stand and come to the front here. Winds are contrary, Pastor John, but I believe the Lord. Who else? Believing for a miracle, a breakthrough. God bless you, sis. Could I have a lady come stand with each lady, please? And a guy with each guy. Come quickly. Those in the altar, right before we pray this morning, I want you to look this way. I want you to hear this verse, and we're going to pray over you, okay? The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth just to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is perfect towards him. I have a lady here that needs someone to pray with her. So God's looking, and I want you to just imagine yourself in front of him as a little girl or as a little boy. He said, I just, I just heard the preacher say us this morning, Lord, and I just believe you're with me. And when he said other side, I said, to the other side, we're going to go. Now, saints praying all over the building, would you do that for them? God's strength is made perfect in your weakness. His strength is made perfect in your weakness. And His grace is sufficient for you. Saints, would you stand with us across this building?
Those in the altar, one more time if you would look this way. I don't know how. I don't know when. And it don't always look the same. But he's going to keep his word to you. He's going to keep his word to you. Because it's impossible for him to lie. He's going to keep his word to you. You're going to get to the end and you're going to say, if I'd have only known what let us go to the other side really meant. Can I tell you a quick story and we're going to dismiss? Moses in the Old Testament, this is one of the kind of, you really hurt for him. He served the Lord and then he smote the rock when God said speak to it, which was a horrible thing to do because it was a symbol of Christ and it imitated Christ being beaten more than once. And so God judged him and said, in this life, you're not, you're not going to the promised land. Do you know when the next time we saw him? The Mount of Transfiguration. Jesus is standing there. And here's Moses in the promised land. And there's glory. He's transcended. He's, he's pulsing with divine power. I wonder if he was kind of like me or Keith, kind of a cut up. He's like, looks at his buddy, goes, how about that? <laughs> Where I couldn't get in my own strength and effort and character, God made up the difference. <laughs> Glory to him. Now be strong and courageous. For the Lord your God is with you. Whithersoever you go, great is his great name. Anybody in here got a shout for this morning? And thank the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Brother Mark, will you come pray over us? Ask my friend Mark Walter to pray over us this morning. Being in church, being in church is always great. There's good days and then there's great days. And today was a great day. We give him glory. Father, we thank you for this day, for the celebration of great people of God. We thank you for all that you do for us. How you're always there, even when we don't see you. You're right by our side. You walk with us in the moment. You walk with us in the day. You walk with us in the week. You're always there. And we thank you for that. Father, touch those that need to hear from you today. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Guys, one more time before you leave. Listen, unless you just physically can't, I'm calling in a blue chip, okay? <laughs> calling in one of my chips. I want everyone to stop upstairs. Join us for lunch if you can. But I want you to hug Brian and tell him uh, thank you and what he means to you today. Free lunch, barbecue and pizza, man. You can't go wrong. Banana pudding, is re we're ready for you. <laughs>